jasmine, oolong, green, and white. Long ago, these four teas were skillfully brewed at the Blissful Brew. Then, everything changed when the shop's popularity threatened its existence. All Mr. Okoron, the shop's owner and tea master, could do was to recruit four teenage orphans to learn his trade and staff his shop. A year has passed since the orphans were hired, and although their skills have progressed, they still have a lot to learn before they can brew anything. But I believe that they have the potential to make the Blissful Brew the greatest tea shop in the world. And welcome back to another episode of Benders and Brews, the Avatar Legends Real Play podcast, where we really play Avatar Legends. We play the heck out of it. Um, welcome back to episode two of season two. Really excited to be here, of course, again. Hope you all listen to the prequel episodes as well as the season two's episode zero and, of course, episode one. Otherwise, you have no idea what might, is about to happen. So, um, anyways, we're going to jump right into things as we've decided is going to be kind of our <coughs> pattern for this season, our little ritual, our tradition, you might say. I'm going to go around the table that's in front of me with all these wonderful players sitting here uh, and ask each of them to give me an interesting fact about their character. So let's kick things off with uh, Connor again. Hello. Hey. Uh, how you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. No one really asked the, the, the DM how, he, how he's doing. Oh, so yeah. I, I, wanted to, I wanted to just start off with that. I appreciate it. Of course, of course. Uh, so fun fact about Brock, Broccoli. Yep. Uh, at times, if he's like just walking around getting feeling bored, and he wants to, you know, just be a guy, throw stuff, what'll do? He'll spit on the ground mm. to make some mud. He'll earth bend the mud up into his fingers, roll it into a ball, and just flick it, and it'll stick to trees. <laughs> well, NPCs are gonna think twice about shaking Brock's dirty hands from now on. <laughs> I mean, he washes them when he washes dishes. So oh, that's like, true. That's true. Yeah. So the dishwater is like instantly dirty, not from the dishes themselves, but just Brock puts his hands in there to clean them, and it's like black water. Disgusting. <clears throat> well, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Mr. Oberon's like, why did I put an earthbender on dish duty? Well, didn't you, you did the rinsing, Michaela, yeah. right, Mika? I did and the then, rinsing. And then you just did the drying, which means the dry, t- you ruined everything at the end. <laughs> She cleans it, hands it to you, your dirty hands, and she's the smudged, clean washcloth. I mean, no one dies. No so one dies. They're all like, no one gets ah. sick. Mr. Okron, you chose such a strange color for your clean dishes. Brown. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, all right, moving on. Dave, tell us something interesting about Guohan. <laughs> well, Guohan, when he's... You know, bored and wants to feel like a man. He goes, uh, enjoys going to uh, romantic comedies at the theater. <laughs> Gohan's the a live, man. The live action theater. Yes. Sometimes he just sneaks in. Sometimes he'll pay for the ticket, depending on how much he wants to see the show. Okay. You know, he doesn't. If his favorite actor is there, actress rather, he'll. He'll pay to get in to see ah, it. Ah, okay, okay, okay. What's his favorite actress's name? Fatima Quick. Fatima Quick. Wow. All right, I gotta write that down. That's gonna come into play at some Fatima point. Fatima Quick. <laughs> Once nice. you guys get back to Gowling, <laughs> guess who? 
Fatima Quick's like, hey, heard about your tea shop. <laughs> uh, okay, Bill Dor or Cameron with playing Bill Dor. Uh huh. What's 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 something interesting? In inner in interesting. In, interesting. So, how long has it been since? Oh, that just happened. Yeah, it's very recent. Yeah, so. it's been. In his free time, well, prior to everything that's happened, uh, Bill has spent would spend some free time, uh, and he would go out to this, uh, the town square, the center, and there was this resting bench area, and Bill Dore would go. <laughs> He'd go just, sit on it and get resting bench face. Yeah, he'd rest, he'd sit on it, and he would <laughs> he would take out his notes, and he would take notes on all the people that would just be passing by, and mm. he would just people watch. Oh, okay. In his free time, not not all the time, but he would just do that occasionally and stuff. Okay. And he found great interest in just, you know, watching people's lives go around him sure. and stuff. And mostly he paid attention to the families. Oh, okay. And see how they interacted and stuff. So maybe like a sense of almost jealousy? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be a good word for it. Sure, sure. All right, all right. Some deep facts coming from, from Bill Dore. Uh, Michaela, tell us something interesting about Mika. Well, um... Her, Mika, and her dad, to pass the time sometimes, they would throw on little skits, um, play, you know, like different characters, you know, make believe, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. So, every once in a while, she'll pull out her acting skills and, you know, do a couple cons. Oh. A couple what? Cons. Cons? Like like theft? Like she'll con people. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. All right. I thought you were saying comms, like romantic comedies. She'll throw on a couple oh, of comms. She's, she's throwing on a mask. <laughs> oh, are you? Mika, yeah, I'm Mika is, oh my gosh, what was her name? Something. Fatima Quick. Fatima Quick. Oh my gosh. It's her, like, alter ego. Oh my gosh. Lord. And within within two fun facts, we already we've created and found like a character all at once. How interesting! Uh, I'm Skyler. I'm the DM. I interesting fact about me: I once held a cow's head down so that a person could give it a massive needle in its neck. It was not pleasant. Uh, fun. That was that was a fun fact about me. Awesome. Oh, and uh, yeah, no, no more. <laughs> <laughs> no further questions on that. Let's move into the episode. All right, and welcome back to Benders and Brews, season two, episode two, the two two, one might say. Thank you. Yes. An Earth Spirit. Yes, an Earth Spirit. <laughs> oh, we got ourselves an Earth Spirit. Oh, he's scared. Even the DM is scared. Old Rooney starts making some crazy noises as this giant rock-like monster is plowing through this area. Um, once again, as described previous on the previous episode... It has uh, two arms and two legs, kind of humanoid in shape to some extent, but it's more like just a collection of chunks of rock and boulders all just kind of sticking together by some 
unknown mysterious spirit force as it starts to just smash 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 through this construction zone obviously angry for some reason and you all stand on a precipice overlooking this scene as these these workers are shouting in terror as this monster continues to approach and attack them we gotta help him. Oh, do I? Where'd Dilbert go? <laughs> Dilbert, he's uh, with. Were you carrying him? Or I who's? Think, I, uh, I he he's in a box. Shot. Yeah, I yeah. Think. Well, he was running ahead. Of his <laughs> <laughs> I thought that running. was a joke. But oh, okay, yeah. I caught I caught back up to Dilbert and I. Okay. I sling him on my back like a backpack. He's definitely now. getting bigger at this point. Like I imagined him like. Like two feet high, and I feel like at this point he's gotten to like a three feet squid span. <laughs> well, he's a growing boy. He's a growing boy. I'll, I'll hop down and try and try and help the construction workers. All right, sounds good. You know, is anyone, is anyone else going down to help them, or are you guys going to continue to observe? Because evade and observe, observe is an option. Yeah, yeah that's that's not Brock's style. Brock's not an observe type of guy. Um, so something that I was kind of reading about uh, that I kind of want to put out there to you guys before we get s- too much further. Um, your balance, you if you can make the argument for it, whatever direction your balance is leaning, you could theoretically use that instead of what you would normally roll to do something as long as it fits with that, that balance. So for instance... Um, Connor, yours, and I don't know if you guys would necessarily know this about him, so just keep that in mind going forward. You might have to, like, try to test his balance. You might have to try to, like, figure it out or whatever the case. Um, But yours is force and care. So if your balance was towards force, you would have that plus one, minus one. So that plus one is to say if you were to do an action that would insinuate force, you would gain a plus one on your dice rolls. Mm Mm-hmm. And then if you were doing something that insinuated care, you'd have a minus one. And then vice versa if it was moving towards care. Yeah. Um, so just keep that in mind moving, moving forward. If you can make the argument for it and say the stat that you would normally roll has like a zero or a minus to it or whatever the case. If you're doing something that fits the narrative for that side of, of your balance track, you could use that instead to roll. So just something that I kind of was reading about today. Okay. But anyways, all right, sorry. So you guys are all kind of up there observing the situation. Connor, you're leaping down, or sorry, Broccoli is leaping down to assist in these workers. Uh, I'm going to call this an exchange as this monster is kind of attacking, unless you would want to do something outside of it. I guess technically you're not directly within an exchange of it at the moment. It's still attacking the workers. So I guess if you wanted to do something else that's not, in, you know, like... You're not engaging with it just yet. So do you want to do something as the initial engagement before we go into kind of like a combat exchange? Um, let's see. And I mean, you don't even have to like find like a stat for it if there's just something specific that you want to try to do and then I'll find the stat for it or whatever. Um, let's see. I mean, I just said he doesn't evade and observe, so I can't can't double back on that. I'd say well, you he, could still evade and observe. I mean, like I said, you haven't engaged with it yet, so yeah. you don't even have to choose a combat approach per se. Okay. You could just you know do anything right now, I guess, because you just leap down. You're in the scene. 
you're standing there, you know, some of the uh, dust cloud has kind of like overtaken you. You cough a little bit as you wave a little bit out of your face. Um, but it's definitely, you know, getting stirred up from this whole situation that's going on. Okay. So I guess as I get down there, I'll try and help as many of the people that the Earth Spirit is not attacking. Help okay. them to just get out of the way, get to some sort of safe area. Sure. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. There's definitely plenty of them that have been injured. Um, and, you know, you kind of like help pull them out of there or whatever the case. Um, I would argue, honestly, that doing this would actually move your balance towards care. Okay. Um, because because rather than engaging, since yours is force and care, rather than engaging with just like jumping in and starting bashing with this monster, you're you're trying to get people out of the situation and safe. So... Um, I would definitely say that applies. Is anybody else, as you guys are watching this happen, anybody else doing anything? I'm just watching. Okay. Nick is just watching. Bill is just watching. Same here. All right. Um, Guohan's going to just move to safe cover, make sure there's nothing above him that's going to ruiny him. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Rooney is just standing over you and his, like outward section half of his body just hangs over you're like oh it got shady right here whoa as you look up and he's like smiling over you know um but okay yeah i mean you guys are on the kind of top section of like this overlook so there's definitely nothing like above you as far as like the mountain goes or anything um you're kind of the ones looking down on this whole scene oh perfect yeah all right, perfect. Um, so back over to Connor. Connor, you've pulled some people out of the way, um, gotten them kind of a safe distance away. There's still maybe like three workers that are like battling this thing actively. Um, they're not currently injured, but you know they're obviously in the fight. What would you like to do next? So it's just me? Just you down there. I mean... Well, in the three workers. I guess I'd have to just go and help help the three workers as well. All right. I mean, I can't just leave them hanging. Are you are you doing anything specific, or are you just kind of rushing into the into the fight? I'll start with uh, seize a position on the defend and maneuver. Okay. To move to a new location, I guess I would engage with the foe. Uh, any foe engaged with me marks can mark one fatigue to block this, but I don't know why. why right. No. Yeah. Okay, so you, you're rushing in, and then you're going to choose Defend and Maneuver, so you'll be rolling for that. Okay. To establish an advantageous position. Yes. And you'll well, be rolling with focus. Rolling with focus. Okay. Seven. Seven. All right, cool. So uh, with a seven, you're able to choose one basic or master technique. Okay. Um, so you were doing Defend and Maneuver, and you were going to do Seize the Position. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're going to rush in. You're going to establish this advantageous position. Uh, it will not mark one fatigue because you're kind of like a new person just running into this. Do you have a specific spot that you want to kind of set up at um, for whatever your next move might be? Are there any particular weak points that I'm able to see? Or is there anything... Or is that something that I'm not allowed to just sort of learn from you? I sort of watch them. Um, yeah, I was going to say, this sounds definitely like it'd be a, um, assess a situation. Assess a situation. Yeah. Oh, I probably should have done that first. No, it's all good. It's well, all good. I mean, you've established yourself at kind of an advantageous situation and you're, you can jump in and out of like combat exchanges since he, all he would have done is probably, 
uh, he's continuing to smash. So he's just smashing the ground around him, trying to hit the people, um, but kind of almost doing so blindly. So I wouldn't necessarily call it a strike at the moment. Um, he's mostly just swinging wildly and, and destroying the area around him. Okay. So then I will roll to assess the situation. Okay. So Go for I can it. learn any weaknesses, I roll with creativity. Yep. Uh, 12. 12. Wow, okay. So on a 12, you can ask two of the various questions that are listed there. Um, what here can I use to blink? Who or what is the biggest threat? What should it be? Should I be on the lookout for? What is my best way out, in, or through? Or who or what is in the greatest danger? All right, so I'll ask, what is my best way in, as in, like, into this fight's where? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, the creature definitely seems to be focused on the things so you can kind of tell there's like a direction to its movements so that suggests that it has a front and that's where it's attacking at um and it has a back and it doesn't seem to be aware even though it doesn't have like a head and eyes it doesn't seem to be aware of what's behind it so if you were able to get behind it you'd probably be in a better position um to do some kind of attack without it being able to retaliate as well okay yeah, I guess, what can I use to inflict the most damage? Okay, um, something about that gem that's sitting kind of almost on top of where its head would be seems significant to you. Um, it's the fact that it's so contrasted and so different from the rest of its just rock body. It really feels like that holds some sort of significance over this creature or spirit or whatever it seems to be. Okay, so I will... Do I have to re-roll to move to the advantageous position? I would say that you assessed this as you were running okay. and got behind it as you noticed that, oh, it's got kind of like a weak spot per se. And there's definitely plenty of like outcropping rocks and such that you could have like hid behind to get back there. So Okay. So how big is this thing? Oh, man. I mean, it's a good like 10 feet tall. Okay. So what I'm going to try and do is I'm going to try and climb up some like piles of rocks behind it. Okay. I'm going to try and jump on top of it, and uh, I will try and strike the gem, and I will try and lot dislodge it. Okay. Um, I'm almost wondering if that might be two separate moves. So you would do one to seize another position, okay. and then that would get you on top of it, and then you could do strike afterwards, or at least attempt to do strike afterwards. Okay. So roll for seize position. Yeah. Mm, Ten. Ten. Wow. Okay. So with a ten. Hot rolls. It's hot. You're doing the math wrong. Um, you can one. mark one fatigue to use a learn technique. You can use one practice technique, or you can use two basic or master techniques. Okay. So since you chose defend and maneuver, you have the option to do two different uh, uh, options within that. Okay. I suppose. So I will seize position. Okay. Yep. So you use that to get yourself on top of this rock monster. Um, it definitely takes notice that you're there. Like it can feel you on it. And so it kind of like is confused. It's moving around. But you've managed to land on it in such a way that you get a nice stable position. It's a big creature. So it's definitely enough of a platform for you to like steady yourself on. Plus the fact that you're an earthbender, you can kind of probably hold onto rocks a little bit better by using a little bit of earthbending technique. Yeah. So, what kind of statuses would I be able to inflict on this, on this beast? Yeah. So. Yeah. So there's a list of negative statuses: um, doomed, impaired, trapped, or stunned. Okay. So then I will 
I will use ready. Okay. Mark one fatigue to ready yourself or your environment, assigning or clearing a fiction a fictionally appropriate status of nearby characters or okay. yourself. Did you want the positive statuses too, or do you just are you planning on putting a negative status on this thing? I mean, I so it's either positive on myself or negative on this. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't mind making it feel like it's doomed. Oh, okay. So tell me what it is that you do to put it into a doomed situation. So I will get on top of this thing. Okay. And it's it's squirming around, trying yep. to shake me off. It has no no idea what I am, where I am, what I'm trying to do. Right. And I'm just starting to wail away at the gem on top of his head. Okay. Or on top of its body. And I think what would qualify it feeling doomed is if it starts to dislodge a bit. Oh, okay, okay. So, so you start to make some progress on pulling this gem out. Starts to make a bit of progress. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah, no, definitely. Okay, so it is uh, under a sense of doom. Uh, doomed basically is saying that... Uh, you're in grave danger. You mark one fatigue every few seconds in each exchange, exchange until you free yourself. So as you are pulling away at this gem on top of where its head would be, it's panicking, presumably. I mean, it's a rock, so it's kind of hard to tell. But you can, but by its flailing and stuff, you can tell that it's it's freaking out. It's nervous, and it's becoming less and less. You could almost say connected. You're actually watching as you're slowly pulling this gem out. You can see some of the chunks of rock actually falling from its body as it seems to be uh, sort of losing its, uh, let's call it wholeness, per se. Um, so you've definitely got it doomed, per se. If it wasn't able to do anything against you to stop you, then it might fall apart entirely. Okay. Sounds like a good for me. Awesome. But... Uh... <coughs> So do I get another turn, or is it the rock monster's turn? Uh, he would have, or he would have advanced and attacked. Uh, he would have struck. This would have been after you got on, or before you got on top. Or well, I guess after actually, yeah, he would have struck. <laughs> um, so strike a foe in reach, forcing them to mark two fatigue, mark a condition, or shift their balance away from center. Their choice. Um, he can mark one fatigue to instead choose to hammer you with blows forcing them to mark two fatigue or strike where they are weak inflicting a condition um he's just going to do the base so you have your option to mark two fatigue mark a condition or shift your balance away from the center it's one of those three yeah you get to choose uh i'll shift balance away from the center okay which way are you going i'll go back towards force towards force yep i think that makes sense so since I... you're up there yeah He's forcing you to kind of continue your attack against him as it flails about, and you're just like psh, 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 trying to get this gem out from uh What from is its Brock rocket. doing down there? Yeah, the rest of you three are seeing him like riding cowboy on top of this rock monster. Did you guys want to do anything as you watch this scene? Um, I want to assess the situation. Okay. I think Brock's gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> so far, I'm gonna die. I've oh, seen if you're gonna die. Oh, what is? I have one fatigue. <laughs> I have twelve. Twelve. Wow. Okay, you guys are rolling high tonight. Fantastic. All right, Dave. Wait till you get to me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I suppose so. All right. So as you assess the situation, you have the ability to ask me two of those questions. Having rolled a twelve, do you have a preference? 
on uh, what that what that is. Also, real quick, Brock, I forgot to mention this. Um, yes. You do have a plus one ongoing as well when you're acting on the answers of those situations. So on, if you do something else after this, you'll have a plus one to your dice roll as long as you're acting on oh. the answers to those questions, which the gem is, and I would assume that might be the direction you're going. So, okay, yeah. Um, Dave, you'll also have a plus, plus one acting towards whatever it is that you're about to ask, so. Um, you know, what here can I use to help Brock in what, what's my best way, I'm going to say in, so what's my best way down the side of this mountain? Okay. So as an earthbender, you have kind of the unique ability to kind of manipulate a pathway for yourself. If you were to like slide down or something along those lines. Um, you do see a fairly like thin but flat rock that you almost wonder if you could like sled down the side of this hill safely and quickly. Um, additionally, there are a number of ch like sort of outcroppings of rock that if you wanted to, you might be, and this is going to your other question, um, break into chunks and using your earth bending, maybe kick or throw towards the monster to give it a, dis or, uh, uh, Broccoli, a, a bit of a distraction while he tries to rip this this gem out of its head. You can kind of see what he's trying to do, and you wonder if maybe the best bet would be ensure that the thing okay. isn't directly attacking him from on its its head, or where the head would be. Um, okay. All right. Perfect. Uh, we'll go into another round of, I assume, combat exchange. Yep. If you're cool with that. All right. Sounds good. And then, Dave, you're involved in it and everything. So if you if you have something that you would like to contribute as well, you have that opportunity. So is it Although it doesn't necessarily have to be a combat technique, <coughs> necessarily, if you didn't want it to be. So is this my turn or his turn? Uh, so both of you would decide simultaneously what you wanted to do again um, technically you could decide something outside of the techniques for combat depending on where you are I will you're pretty like directly in contact with this so it'd be kind of like a bit dangerous for you to do anything other than combat to some extent I will advance an attack okay <laughs> if he picks something else does he get to go before me um if he were to do defend a maneuver, or depending on narratively what it is that he wants to do, it could go first. Yeah. Okay. I want to advance and attack. Okay. Sounds good. So both of you are going to be advancing and attacking. Uh, it also is advancing and attacking. Um, it will... You guys will go first. Does okay. anyone have a preference? I can go first, I guess. Does that work? Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay. All right, go ahead. I will roll for smash. Okay. Um, I will, in this attempt, I'm going to try and just, because it says smash, uh, mark on fatigue to destroy or destabilize something in the environment. Um, I will attempt to destroy this gem okay. on top of the monster. All right, so both of you are going to be rolling with passion since you're both doing advance and attack to determine if you do something or how much you're able to do or whatever the case so okay i get a plus two on passion uh 13 
And is that with your plus one as well? 14. 14. Wow. Goodness. Okay. So yeah, you use smash, you raise your hand above your head, you come down hard as um, earthbenders do. They don't fear the rock as it's coming towards them per se. So you feel very confident as you come down. You break the rock as your fist makes contact with it. The gem itself breaks free uh, from the creature's head. It flies up as it does. The creature starts to kind of like wobble and so on. Um, Guo, what are you doing? Um, I'm also going to smash. Okay. I'm going to look at those rock colonnades or whatever Mm -hmm. on the side of the hill. And I'm going to attempt to, you know, take out the... The small piece of stone that's holding the pillar up. Oh, cause it to kind of collapse. Um, so. Okay. Yeah. And you, ro- oh, what did you roll? Or like get a, or get like a small rock, like get some momentum um, to roll into that and to cause some sort of avalanche. Sure. Um, I got a nine. A nine. Okay, cool. That's a success. Um, so... You rush over to one of these outcroppings that sort of angled at just the right spot on the, the top of this uh, hill that you're sort of on, and you break out a chunk of it, allowing the rock to tumble forward and start rolling down the hill, as you mentioned. Um, Brock, you have just ripped the gemstone out of its head, and as it wobbles and starts to destabilize, a rock outcropping comes down and sort of sweeps its legs out from under it. So the whole beast kind of just tumbles backwards, and falls, you, I would say you deftly, easily, you know, leap off of it, having, you know, maybe seen this coming, or just having the fact that you were on top of it um, in your favor. So you leap off this beast, you've got the giant gem in your hand, and uh, the beast is down. As it hits the ground, all the rocks that make up this spirit, as they said, uh, or as Rooney had yelled, um, just sort of start to roll away into just a series of boulders, not one one connected creature anymore. Are you like me, a fan of piracy or privateering um, out in your D&D campaign? Well, check this out. We have been working on a brand new airship combat system that means you and your privateer crew can now take to the skies and pillage at new heights. Within this system, you will get three-dimensional dynamic movement and combat rules. You'll get a brand new updated aircrew system, as well as brand new spells, items, creatures, and example airships for you to use in your campaign, as well as crews to put on them. But I think the coolest part about all of this is we have a custom shipbuilder application that will allow you to customize and build your very own airship. It means you and your team can have exactly what you want as you take on the skies. If you're interested in any of that, check out our Sky Zephyrs Kickstarter here at Hermie and the Dude. Snyder's Return is a tabletop roleplay interview and actual play podcast. We chat with content creators from both mainstream and indie publishers, and we release actual play episodes of systems like our City of Mist game, Meddlers, Monsters and Mabin, and more games coming in the future. We also have a TTRPG review show on YouTube, Fly Like a D6. 
come and check us out. You can find us on Twitter at Return Snyder, Instagram, Snyder's underscore return. You can find us on YouTube at Snyder's Return, Discord, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, Skylar here, your friendly neighborhood game master. I just wanted to take a moment to let you know that we at Benders and Brews have been working our creative juices extra hard and pushing our artistic skills to the max in order to bring you some sick Benders and Brews merch. That's right. You can head on over to the Tee Public shop we created where you can snag shirts, stickers, mugs, and so much more with your favorite B&B characters on them. Grab a Chibi Mika baseball t-shirt, or maybe you want a broccoli mug designed with the Employee Blissful Brew Tea Shop logo. There's all of those and more, and even more down the road when we come up with ideas. So head on over to Tea Public and search for Benders and Brews, or you can follow us on social media where we'll post the links that'll be easily available to all of you. And of course, if you get some of our merch, be sure to tag us in a photo of you with the respective B&B swag, because all of us at the studio would love to see it. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. So with the with the gem in hand, I, I turn up to the to uh, Bill and Mika, and I just yell, "Did you enjoy the show?" Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the help. I guess you pretty much had it handled, Brock. Could it would have been nice to have some help still. Well, we have a gem now. That's, I guess that's kind of cool. Should we get back onto the boats? Is everyone okay down there? I think everyone's fine. Uh, one man steps <coughs> forward and he says, Well, I gotta say, uh, I'm the foreman here and I've never quite seen anything like that before in my life. Uh, I gotta say, I really appreciate your guys' help. Uh, who knows what would have happened to us if uh, if you hadn't been here. Yeah, well, happy to help, you know. Uh, just... Uh, be careful next time a rock monster comes up, I suppose. Well, I've never seen such a thing in my life. And then all of a sudden, Rooney, like, slides. He jumps up and, like, lands on his back and slides down the hill with his legs up in the air, sort of almost steering things as he rolls, <laughs> or slides. And he pops back up onto his feet as he reaches the bottom. He's like, well, I told you that things like this would happen. I said, it's dangerous to go carving through the middle of a mountain. But you guys didn't listen to me. And you said, we're going to make it go down, go down. He just kind of loses all sense of understanding after a certain moment. And the guy's like, well, I don't. I don't know what to say. You sound like a crazy old man. Yeah, I'm crazy old man. Crazy old man. Well, I'm not a crazy old man today. Look at what happened. Oh, uh, okay. Fair point. I see your point. Uh, I apologize if I may have uh, offended you, sir. Uh, but uh, what we're doing here uh, is very important in creating trade between Gowling and the Fire Nation. And it, uh, it has to be done. I don't care whatever you're damn now. I mean, he's just gone, like, off his rocker. You don't even know what he's saying anymore, but... Well, you, I mean, we were fine. Like, I mean, you know, like, yeah, there was an Earth Spirit, but see, we're fine. Everything's fine. These guys are all fine. I mean, a few cuts and bruises, but we should be good. 
Yes, I, uh, I agree. I think, uh, I think we'll be all right. Uh, we may take uh, the rest of the day off to recover, and then we'll uh, continue in the morning. Yeah, just you know, nobody want to listen to me. Let's, uh, let's get out of here. I don't want to be around these, these crazy people anymore. There could be more rock spirits out here. Who knows? So, as we're, I'm assuming if we start walking back to the, we're back down towards the boats, can I, like, inspect? Well, you guys aren't at the boats yet. I mean, you guys are still making your way through the mountain. Wishful thinking. Like, as we're walking down there, can I, like, inspect the gem, see if there's any sort of. Sure, yeah. Do I need to roll for that or? Um, the best thing that I could think of is if you wanted to try to assess a situation. Otherwise, um, it's hard to say if you personally would know much about it or be able to really sense much about it. It'd be something you'd probably just need somebody with expert knowledge to kind of help you out and, and determine. Gotcha. So I'll sort of extend the jam out to, you know, Rooney and Bill, Mika, and Guo, and just the whole gang. See, uh, you guys know anything about this? Like, I mean, it gave this thing life, so it's got to be pretty important, right? Oh, I think I might have seen or heard stories about something like this. Were what kind of stories? Well, I think, uh, this is just a theory, mind you, but I think what you've got there is known as the Heart of the Mountain. Heart of the mountain? Yes, the, the heart mountain? of the yes, the whole mountain. So you were punching that. I mean, it didn't <laughs> break it, so. Some say that the heart of the mountain homes a guardian spirit, and each mountain has one. Sometimes multiple, depending, you know, the size of the mountain, and uh, I don't know a number of other factors. I don't know about. You killed it. Well, yeah. Just uh, out of curiosity, how many mountains are we going to be encountering on this trip? Oh, just this one. We just got to get through this, and then we'll on the other side, we'll get to Chin Village. Okay, so we won't hopefully encounter any more of those guys. Hopefully. Oh, no, I doubt it. I mean, to be fair, it was I mean, terrible. we're not the ones digging into the mountain. That's usually why they come out, is if someone's just gone too far, and then this thing comes out. <laughs> I was trying not to say <laughs> Say what? <laughs> wow. wow, back-to-back Lord of the Ring episodes, uh, yeah. episodes. <laughs> A lot of Lord of the Rings references <laughs> coming in season two Oh uh, boy Well, I mean, what's done is done, right? It's not like we can... You ripped its heart out you know what? Yeah. Spirits are going to be after you. You old heartbreaker. You know, all you. things considered, I bet it <laughs> you know. used to be mad at the, the construction crew, and I almost wonder if it's changed its feelings. <laughs> I'm sure it has at this point. So. Yeah, I kind of feel bad about helping you, even though I didn't help you that much, Brock, but... Well, if if we're all cursed about this, I'll I'll take the blame for that. I will say a big ol' oops on that. So what are you going to do with it? I guess hang on to it. Ah. See if uh, we can do anything with it. Uh-huh. Who knows? Mm-hmm. It's possible. Could mm-hmm. sell for a good price. I don't know if I'd want to sell it, but I'm not opposed to it either. 
Maybe Keeping your options open. You make a wish. Oh. Okay. All right, See, so I never heard a legend about that, but I suppose anything's possible when it comes to the spirit world. I will rub the gem, the heart of the mountain, just to see if I get a wish. Uh, you don't get a wish, but you do feel almost like a rhythmic vibration within it. That's probably fine. Let's, <laughs> let's keep on trucking. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah, anything happens. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of vibrated a little bit, but it's probably fine. The, the rock did? The gem did? Yeah, yeah. After I rubbed it. Yeah, that's totally normal. Yeah. Let's, yeah, let's keep this creep, spooky soul stone. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I see glows on my soul side. Stone. Yeah. Spooky soul oh, boy. stone. Send shivers down your spine. <laughs> <laughs> um, it starts to eventually get late in the day and it slowly starts to get to a point where it's getting dark and Rooney encourages you all he says well I think it's about time that we set up camp I think uh, before we we're probably not too far off but I think we're just far off enough that uh, we probably don't want to be making our way through the mountains uh, once it gets dark that's just from my professional opinion all right all right. Seems like a good enough place. Uh, Gohan's going to climb into a tree and set up his hammock. All right. Wow! If only I had been above the rock that fell on my back, then I wouldn't be like this. That's some good thinking. Get up high. Brock's going <laughs> to... He's going to do his uh, rock yeah, bed where he, rock bed. he puts himself at ground level. <laughs> yep. What is rock blanket? As we all know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bill and, and Mika, as the non-bender and waterbender of the, the group, what do you do to see? Mika, you don't have a rooftop to sleep on. Go sleep up in the tree. Yeah, I might actually do that. Right, go for it. All right, you grab yourself another branch. How do you, like, secure yourself onto the tree? You just, yeah, I'm a small you just, gal. You just lay on the yeah. branch and hope you don't roll in your sleep. I don't move. Oh, okay. She doesn't move when her sleep. All right. Yeah, Fun gotta, fact about you gotta, Mika. You gotta be silent <laughs> when you're sleeping in the jungle. Stock right. still. Woods, Perfectly whatever. still, or you'll die. Yes. <laughs> when you sleep on the roofs. <laughs> it's like those well, crazy people that you know, sleep you, on like. If you sleep light enough. That's true. You hope you wake up before you roll off. Yeah. The edge. Imagine non-moving dreams. That's the key. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's like a thing. Like people will set up a cot on the side of a mountain like yep. literally suspended there yeah. and then they sleep in that yep yeah and i just no no yeah. thank you but anyways anyways bill what are you doing i took my dog with me uh, is there a fire there can be uh rooney's got supplies so i mean yeah he can make one should we make the- one didn't you read the note? There's only the fire in your heart. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I need to rip out my heart. Well, we already ripped out a mountain's heart. Yeah, we shouldn't rip out Bill's well, heart. Maybe the, that's he probably a doesn't clue. have one. He's too quiet now. His heart's broken in a million pieces. He's working on it. Are you saying this in the tree? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, it's like we're laying in the tree. He's up in the tree and just like, mock, Bill is like, oh. Bill. Oh, he's so quiet, oh. Bill. Oh, Mr. Rooker. Goodness sakes. <laughs> like, he just died two days ago. <laughs> Some people, you know, grieve differently. <laughs> Denial. Denial. 
Um, yeah, no, um, he definitely would probably get a fire going. Not much as far as, like, I mean, there, there'd there be some, like, dried food or something, like, you know, stuff that's easy to pack and take with you and things along those lines. So he would have some, whatever you guys packed, obviously, you could eat. Um, but there is there is a fire, and he sleeps next to it. He's got his own little, like, sleeping bag kind of a situation going on. Okay, uh, Bill Dore definitely goes um, and uh, rests. He sleeps against the base of the tree. Okay. Uh, tree? That's weird. Well, <laughs> You're not coming I down with that tree first. Yeah, go on <laughs> is in that tree first. You joined his tree. He let you in that tree, right? Some sturdy <laughs> trees growing in a mountain. You're lucky he didn't charge toll. The troll toll? Yeah. Troll, troll toll. The guo troll. Troll. So he'd let rest against the tree holding his bow staff. Okay. All right. I give Dilbert some mealworms and I tuck him in. Aww. It's adorable. Um, perfect. Yeah. So you guys all get a good night's rest. Um, otherwise uneventful. Although there might have been some difficulty falling asleep just because of the strange either noises or lack of noises that comes with camping out in nature that you might not be used to. Nah. Some of you might not be used to having been living in Gowling for so long. Hearing the night bustle and hustle of the, the various people going about their business and such, that's not, doesn't exist here, but at the same time there are a lot of sounds that are new to you from bugs to strange creatures that live amidst the mountains. Uh, but whatever the case, nothing seems to bother you through the night. Um, in the back of your mind, you wonder if maybe that's that was worth paying for when it came to Rooney. Uh, he was has obviously led you to a, a space in the area that is safe from, from potential prowling creatures, whatever the case. Um, you wake up the next morning. Uh, if you have any fatigue, I would say this probably relieves one um, since it's sleeping outside in the kind of a more camping situation so um but otherwise yeah um you feel more or less rested rooney sits there he's like well i figured it's not far to go so i didn't want to wake you all too early because i mean we'll get there <laughs> before the end of the day so if you guys are ready and awake lead the way all right and away we go and so you guys continue on through the mountain range and slowly but surely off in the distance you can see the outskirts of Chin Village. Whoa. Is, is this Chin Village, bro? Dad, over there is Chin Village. And across from that, you see the water that's reflecting all the sunlight? That's Moco Sea. And that's where you'll have to cross to get to Whaletail Island. How long is uh how long is the trip across the water to Whaletail Island? Well, I don't do much on the water, so I cannot tell you. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't know much about Whaletail Island. I think it's a pirate place. I think they got pirates. They got a real pirate problem. Do you know if there's a a sailor in in town we could talk to? Oh, I'm sure there's sailors in town. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Did we already pay you? Yes. Uh, no. 
Yes. Uh, yeah, we, we we definitely paid you. Did you? I think you might have got hit in the head with another rock. No, oh, it does happen from time to time. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, right, Bill? We paid him. Yeah, up front. Yeah. I mean, why else would you come out here if not with already all the money? Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, you're right. You're right. You got, I mean, uh, yep, you're right. All right, well, and you're all right with me too, Rooney. And that's not just referring to your 90 degree angle. <laughs> he pauses for a moment and he thinks about that one. He's like, I, what, it, what, You're all right too, kid. All right, let's get over to Chin Village. And I give him a wink and a point. Oh, Glad he didn't get too bent out of shape. <laughs> <laughs> Low, uh, low five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny because his back's busted. Uh, <laughs> fun fun fact about uh, Ro- Rooney. Uh, he is entirely based off of a dude that I saw in a parking garage today. <laughs> <laughs> that bad, huh? It freaked me out. <laughs> thankfully, so this is the second time I've seen that guy, and thankfully both times he's been walking away from me because it's a dark parking garage and I'm usually like the only person out there getting my car and I'm like if I saw a 90 degree person walking towards me it sounds straight out of like a creepypasta yeah, turn around and he doesn't have a face good god <laughs> no the guy back in California actually he went to my church he had a same situation. You had a back situation? Yeah. It must suck. No Dang, face. all these... <laughs> no face. All these falling rocks everywhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're a real problem. I'll do it. It's a natural... It's the, really, it's the untold crisis across the America right yes, now. Yes, it's true. Um, so, as you guys make it into Chin Village, um, Rooney says, well, uh, um, I go faster on my own. Usually it takes a full day for me to get people over here, but it'll only take me about, you know, the rest of today to get back. So I'm going to just head out. So uh, good luck to you guys. Bye. Bye, Rooney. And he turns 180 degrees to walk his 90 degrees self back <laughs> through the mountains. <laughs> it's a lot of angles. You guys didn't think you'd be doing so much geometry today, <laughs> did you? Um, as he does this, you guys turn back around to uh, to Chin Village, and you realize it's not. It's pretty empty. Like nobody's nobody's around, which is weird. So um, we just tail boat. Where are you guys headed? Whale Tail Island. <laughs> Do we know how to get there? It's just open water. It is just open water. You you currently don't have a it. vessel. We can steal it. I, I have a question. Yes. Where did I land with Mr. Ocaron? Like in what sense? Like when we we ran from the pirates, where did we land? Oh, um... Was it in near this town? Yeah, it probably would have been actually, yeah. Okay. So should we go check the beaches for... So I th- what if we start by checking where me and Mr. Ocaron, like, first showed up here on the boat? That sounds like a good idea. And if we can't find anything there, then we can go talk to pirates, uh, sorry, rather, the... Uh, traders around here the ship captains and get us a boat but first we should check because i think the riddles had something about going to this place where we first landed so might as well go there first okay okay um you guys make your way to the beaches of chin village um kind of going up along the coast you feel fairly confident that 
you find the spot where you guys originally landed. Um, there doesn't really seem to be anything there. And again, you're, you're continually surprised because you really haven't seen a whole lot of people. But you can hear something off in the not too far off distance. Um, some, some loud noises, something jovial almost, like uh, rhythmic in a sense. Okay, but we don't see anything right. at the spot where we... Right. Okay. To be fair, you have kind of made your way around the outside of this. So you kind of came in at the outskirts of the town, and then the beach was continued around to the outskirts. You know? mm-hmm. So we're on the beach right now? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, you do see a number of like ships that are all docked, yeah. um, but nobody seems to be loading or unloading or in the ship's... On the docks, near the ships, etc. Okay. Any idea what we're looking for, Bill? Uh, no, not particularly. I I don't see any boat dinghies out here, or uh, don't see crates. Nothing. I don't know really what to look for out here. This is where we landed. It was right by this. I think it was by this rock. I think I don't know how many other rocks look like a uh, half a half a half a uh, half a chicken. I don't know. Well, the clue said. Well, I might have a few in my pouch, actually. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Big rocks, big rocks. These oh. are boulders. It looks like a boulder. It looks like half a chicken. Is there one? Can we see one? Here? Is there a boulder here that looks like half a chicken? Yes. Oh yeah, there, like that one. See. So. It does not, one, it looks, though. I point to one, and you guys look at it, and it does not look like half a chicken, <laughs> and. It looks like half of a rotisserie chicken. Oh, there you go. With like a leg sticking out. Yeah, yeah. So like that big rock over there, the one that we're not near right now. Yeah, that, yeah, that one over that there. That one looks like an opposite half of a rotisserie chicken. Yeah. Like, do we maybe check by that? That's where we landed. Sure about probably go check over there yeah let's go over there you uh you check over there and you still don't really see any dinghies or canoes or any other ships if that's what you're looking for no x marks the spots no chests (laughs) nothing uh i mean you look at the map again and it's not showing any kind of x or anything on the beaches of chin village it does cross through chin village like the dotted line but the x is at whale tail island well, it says, "Return to the, return yourself to the island shores. The next clue will soon be yours." Oh, and well, then we're not look, on the island, guys. No, did you did you meet Mister Okeron on Whaletail Island? Well, there was an island we were docked on for a limited time. It was like a pirate hideout where they would basically. Sm- put all their smuggled goods and stuff in between ports and stuff. I didn't know the name of the island, but that might have been Whale Tail Island, I guess. That might be what that that might be what the island shores it's talking about. Yeah, it doesn't specify. So and then whenever we get there we have to look to the back and use the flame in your heart. Well you did that already. Gohan did. What? With the the flame on the Yeah the camera. the map. Yeah, the candle flame. That's what gave us the map. So I guess we gotta go to the shores. So let's get a boat. Simple. 
Yeah. Well, should we also get a find a map to Whale Tail Island? We have one right here. Oh yeah. Well, look at that. <laughs> Sorry, that, that rock monster did a number on my head. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess we just how far is it to the island? Though? Um, we still have no idea. It doesn't like, look it like it'll take you. Multi-day journey. No, no, no. Like no. Can we see it from here? You can, um, yeah, you can actually kind of just barely make it out from where you're at. So it definitely doesn't look to like it would fair, take you a whole day. Mr. Okoron and I, if Whale Tail Island is the island where we escaped from the pirates, me and Mr. Okoron were able to escape them in a night in a dinghy, and he was, needless to say, not helping. <laughs> so it was mostly, it was all me. I'm yeah. going to be honest. It was all me uh, rowing that old man yep. uh, in a dinghy. Filled, mind you, with a lot of tea products. He was not willing to uh, let go. Easily. I don't know if I'd say a lot, but whatever he could get. Hey, this is Bill's interpretation <laughs> okay, of the story, point. okay? Sorry, sorry. I won't say <laughs> any amount of tea products, a lot to Bill, because he <laughs> doesn't much. see any value in saving tea. <laughs> Oof. He was very insistent on saving his tea. I saw no reason, but you know Mr. Okeron. Well, Man loves knew. his tea. Yeah. Or loved his tea. Jeez. <laughs> Oof. Anyways, <laughs> you gotta find a boat. Our heads all sag. You <laughs> like kick some. Mika's whole purpose right now is just to continually remind you people <laughs> that Okaron is dead, and to get a boat, and to get a boat. So it's not like we can like grab anybody's so keys, right? <laughs> so where'd you get that fox dog? Something <laughs> <laughs> we've all been wondering. <laughs> That's a little bit off topic. What's your fox dog's name? You haven't actually talked about it. Yeah, not just since kidding. the you party. You haven't talked like, about it yet. That was either. like weeks ago. It's just been following us. We talk all the time about Dilbert. Yeah, Dilbert's cool. Look at him. He's just enjoying his nice swim in the water. Yeah, yeah look at him. Wait, what dropped him in the ocean? <laughs> he's, he's bobbing there. <laughs> and he like raises one tentacle and kind of waves it at you guys. He knows we're talking about him. Yeah, near Fox Dog is nowhere near Dilbert. We gotta get some, getting some backstory. Maybe a little hat. No. One of his name is Fantastic Mister. It's not. Where's the dog a hat? Where's the dog a hat? Oh no, I said we need to get the dog a hat. Oh. I feel like I named it in a different episode. I don't think you did. I don't think we did. I'm pretty sure we did. You could name it right now. McKay. Oh, wait. <laughs> it's a boy. It's a boy? Oh, oh Otto. Otto. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Why it's a good name. <laughs> it's a good name. Strong name. Strong name. Mm-hmm. Wish I had named it. What about. A kale. A kale. How about Tommy Boy? Are we naming it right now? Have you not named this thing yet? Yeah, yeah, I told you, I'm pretty sure I named it in a different episode. <laughs> what do you What's mean by episode? <laughs> what does episode mean? Why are you giving me that look, Mika? Well, uh, <laughs> put a pin in this. Alright, <laughs> <laughs> fine. We'll get a ship, and then we'll discuss the name on the way there. Perfect so are there any ships that look easy to steal? <laughs> Let's head back to the docks, guys. Well, you guys are still at the well. I mean, docks are right the there. dock area. I mean, it's all kind of connected. Yeah, so should we just walk up to the first ship? Well, you could, you could literally just grab like a dinghy or something. Yeah, but ships are cooler. True, we could steal a whole ship and have a whole pirate crew or something. Mad yeah, but at that's us. a lot more noticeable, and a lot 
probably more harder to sail. But if There's whale tail parts island, to it. If it's a pirate island, we want to blend in, right? Because uh, they're going to notice the dinghy. I want to be inconspic. Inconspic. <laughs> Whatever. Trust me, any way you show up on a pirate island, you're going to be they're going to be asking questions if they see you. I just think our word would carry a bit further in a in a ship than on a dinghy. That's just my thought. Your word? Does anybody know? know when they try and attack the pirate, when they the pirates, when they attack the ship, they I mean, would already know what the ship is, island. probably. Yeah, we say, like, hey, oh, that's so and so's ship. Yeah. Let's shoot him with cannons. Unless Oof. he's light, and he's like, hey, it's it's good old Steve's ship. And then they would ask, where's Steve? We'll say he's drunk on deck. <laughs> he's on the he's sleeping in the in the cabins. Yeah, but why take the chance on, oh, this boat might be good, this boat might not be. <sighs> what if we find a boat where there is somebody drunk and sleeping in it? Ah, there you go. Let's just look on the boats. And then we can put all the blame on them. Okay. It's like, oh, you forgot to cast your mooring line. Is that a sailing term? What's a, what's a mooring line goal? I don't know. The thing you tie to the dock. I don't know. <laughs> Does anybody actually know how to sail? That's another thing. I know how to, I know how to row in a, in a, a dinghy because I've done it before. I grew up on a farm. Uh, okay, so I don't think we want something with a sail if none of us know how to sail. What if we find someone who's going there and we just ask to tag along? There was a big party going around not too far from here, right? Um, if it's truly a pirate island, wouldn't the only people that'd be going there are pirates? Yeah, they're reasonable people, right? Uh, and there's in my thing. experience, I was enslaved. So, yeah, I guess they're mostly reasonable. They fed me and stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, for the shot, right? We just go up to the party. We kindly ask some random pirate stranger who's probably... Who here's a pirate? Who a pirate? <laughs> raise your hand. I am. See, yeah. play along. I'm a pirate. Oh, yeah, you got to raise your hand initially yeah, to I'm... encourage more people. It's like, you know, if you're on stage yeah. and you ask people to raise their hand, you, you do it. I like, mm. to, I like to think we walk in like Plankton from Spongebob in that one episode. It's like, felicitations, malefactors. <laughs> <laughs> Say that around a pirate. That would work yeah. great. Yeah. Hey, that one pirate guy was, that was like his there whole was, bit. Was, was like one. he was the well-spoken pirate. Yeah, was. That's the one I the one I talked about, the bow staff. The, uh, Kilconi, that was yeah. his name. Kilconi. So, so what if he's on this island? We could talk Well, to then him. he definitely remember me, that's for sure. In a good way? Or Unless if I hit him really hard in the head. I did hit him on the head. Maybe he lost memory of me. I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I don't see anybody around here. I think maybe we have to go figure out what all that ruckus was. It's we still hear it, right? Well, mm-hmm. is it, where yeah. is it on the? So it sound sounds like it's coming from the center of town. Oh, okay. Go check out the ruckus. The ruckus. All right. Then. Yeah, ruckus time. Ruckus time. Ruckus time. All right. So you guys make your ruckus. Way... How about that? Ruckus. No, not good. Okay. What about fracas? That's a good name. You guys make your way... Rufus! Towards the... We're not on the ship yet. We gotta... 
Oh, okay. We have to wait. In this we're saying this while we're walking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Walking to the as you're walking the, towards the, the center of town, and as you do uh, music and uh, crowds speaking and talking and chatting and stuff starts to get louder, and eventually you approach uh, what seems to be a massive festival going on. And people are celebrating, and there's little, like, shop vendors that are selling. They're selling all sorts of, like, uh, they look like sea serpent masks. Um, kind of, like, different colors and such like that. There's people selling food. There's people selling what look like fancy wood blocks that kind of have, like, a rounded shape to it. And they're kind of, like, glistening. Like, they've been painted with a special... Um, glittery paint uh, people seem to be gathering kind of into the, the center of town and all of a sudden somebody um, well I don't know I mean if, if you guys were going to interact with anything going on or thing yeah just sort of see if there's any uh, pirates, pirates. <laughs> we'll say friendly faces sure well there's plenty of friendly faces there's a lot of people that seem like they're having a good time uh, celebrating um if there was anything that you noticed that seemed off, you might notice that it seems like some people seem to like kind of be avoiding other people that are all wearing like the same outfits. So a lot of people are wearing. Whew, it's okay, not one of those festivals. So there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people wearing green, and there's a lot of people wearing red. And you notice that the people, not always, but a lot, a few times, you notice that people wearing green seem to be avoiding. Or maybe in a, a small, like, one-person-to-one-person one disagreement with somebody wearing red. But otherwise, that's that's all you notice. Um, yeah. What kind of green is it? Um, kind of more of like a... Big green or like an emerald green? More like an emerald green. Yeah, yeah, thank you. And then the red is kind of a, a standard, you know, kind of a scarlet red. Ooh. Yeah. So Do I recognize the, the, that color? Any of these colors? No. Oh, okay. I mean, people in the Fire Nation wear red, and people in the Earth Nation wear green, but they don't seem like... I was more meaning, like, pirate colors. Oh, yeah, no, no, okay. no, definitely not, no. Um, whatever the case, you see somebody walk, there's, like, a big podium or whatever, uh, there's, like, a big, like, a pillar, like, a short pillar, like, for putting something on, right? Mm -hmm. And somebody walks out wearing, like, some very nice, fancy clothes, not far behind them, there's somebody wearing black, all black almost sort of looks like a dressy, almost ceremonial kind of a, a outfit. Um, the one walking forward currently is man. He's holding like a big square something in his hands with a big like fabric covering over top of it. The person behind him wearing all black, it's a woman. Um, she's got a, cup, or a, a guard or somebody with her. Um, she kind of approaches and then stands off to the side of the stage. Uh, the man carrying the large glass, he sets it onto the little pedestal, and he turns to the group, and he's like, Attention, attention, everyone. It is time for the festival's proudest tradition, the revealing of the scales. And everyone's like, ooh. And so they start to kind of gather around, and of course you guys kind of are within that, that crowd as you all gather around to see, and he's like, Before I reveal the scales, I want to thank the people of Quin Chow Village for joining us here today for the festival and bringing their scale along with them. As always, since it is Chin Village's time to shine, I will be revealing the scale bestowed to us, the green scale. And everyone's like, woo, 
you know, they kind of like excited and stuff. And he pulls back the curtain and everyone gasps. And you guys are like kind of unsure as to why they're all gasping, right? And the person who just pulled back the, the curtain, he kind of stands there very like surprised. Um, the woman in all black, she kind of rushes up and she looks kind of like panicked and stuff like what's going on. And inside of this like glass case that he has set on this pedestal um, and just pulled the curtain back from, there's a large red sort of ornate scale looking thing, kind of similar to what you saw some people buying from the vendors. But this one looks like very like almost glass, how it like reflects the light and stuff like that. Very like a, a, a scale, like a serpent scale or something like that. Um, it's red. And he, you know, everyone's gasping. And then you start to hear people throughout the crowd saying, where's the green scale? Where is it? Someone's stolen it. And next thing you know, people are screaming and shouting and kind of panicking a little bit. And the man at the front says, please, everyone remain calm. We are sure to find the green scale. I'm sure it was a simple misplacement. Never fear. We will find it and the festival can continue as normal. And with that, we will end episode two. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Of course, don't forget to follow or subscribe to our podcast through whatever podcast site that you're using, such as iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and others. Additionally, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for the social media icons. Following us on social media gives you access to all news, announcements, and of course, new episodes as they are released. You can check out our website, vendorsandbrews.com, which will feature all of our episodes as well as news, announcements, and even cool character and player profiles. It's a great hub of information for the Vendors and Brews podcast. And finally, we would be truly humbled if you would be willing to take the time to leave us a review if your podcast site allows you to do so, such as on iTunes. Or in the case of YouTube, you can hit the like and subscribe button and drop us a comment. Tell us about what you thought about our podcast episodes. It sure would mean a lot to us. Avatar Legends is a tabletop role-playing game created by Magpie Games. Nickelodeon, Avatar, and all related titles, logos, and characters are trademarks of Viacom International Inc. All rights reserved. I also want to thank the following artists who you can find on Fiverr for their amazing creative work on this podcast. Character art was done by Alicio Papadraw. Background art by Kenichi. Music by Joe Tims 215 Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.